You're listening to the Current Plays Podcast, Episode 7, Tapestry. Now please welcome our hosts, Jordan and Thomas. And welcome back, noble listeners. This week, Episode 7, Tapestry. We finally get a Stonemeyer game to the table. I'm so excited to talk about it. But um but yeah, for segment one, Thomas, what have you been up to this week? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Uh it, it, I, t- to begin it, uh yeah, it was a, a good Stonemeyer one too, but that's that's getting ahead of ourselves. But this week, okay, this week was pretty good. Um I, I didn't get a whole lot of gaming done. But I got home one day after work, and the family had gone to the. Uh, we we spent a lot of time at the uh, the library, right? And uh, my my kids always like to pick up a board game here or there every uh, every once in a while uh, when they're at the the library. Yeah, pretty uh, cool that the library rents out board games. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty f- fantastic, and 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 uh, my eldest uh, Benjamin, yeah, he's gonna he's definitely getting to the age where he starts to. Um, he's wanting to get more into board games. So I'm like nice. introducing him to stuff and, and yeah. And, and he tries to pick stuff up at the library. Cause like, Oh, I want to play this with daddy. Right. So that's been, that's been fun. But so they picked up um, the quest for El El Dorado, uh, which is a, uh, Oh, I've, I'm not even sure what, what year this came out, but it's an older, a bit of an older game, uh, Reiner Knizia game. So, you know, prolific, uh, uh, game designer right there. Uh, I actually just just read part of a uh, article. He was in. A, he had like a little news spot, and uh, they interviewed him. And he he's done something like over two hundred games. He has published. Wow! And I'm just yeah, you know, just can't even fathom that. Like that is it, it's amazing. So like yeah. definitely huge breadth of of uh, work done there right Reiner Knizia but yeah so we we got this game and it's basically uh you, you play as archaeologists looking for the you know ruins of or the 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 temple of El Dorado so yeah, you're yeah. traveling through South America and you're trying to find the temple it's a race game right yeah yeah I guess yeah 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 you're right I I I, I didn't think of it that way but yeah absolutely you're you're basically racing to first one to get to the temple wins basically right and it's uh it's it's like a uh it's a card um management kind of drafting game where you're purchasing cards uh to put into your deck so it's a deck builder uh and then you're when you're drawing those cards they help you traverse through the jungle and through you know the different villages and through the water and and whatever right uh, it's pretty neat game. Like when I, when I think of theme wise for this game, uh, you know, definitely thoughts of um, Lost Ruins of Arnak, which we we've talked about before. I love. We'll re- review that at some point as well. Uh, th- now that one, of course, came out years later. That one's very very uh, fresh uh, game as as compared to this one. So it's definitely much more updated, and 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 I w- would say I prefer that one. Uh, much more but uh, it's got that same kind of archaeologist kind of theme to it uh but yeah this one this one's really neat like you you start off with a basic like any other deck builder um or or um 
Yeah, deck builder. Yeah. You you start with a basic hand of cards, eight, eight cards, and you draw four, and then you get to use the actions on those cards, right? And they're very simple. There's uh, each spot on the board either uh, shows a um, like a machete, or it shows a paddle, or it shows a coin. And those are basically the three resources that you have to have on these cards to be able to move into those. I think they're hex squares, actually, if I if I think properly here. Uh, and then as you get deeper into the jungle, instead of there just being like one machete on a forest tile, there might be two or there might be three. So you need a card that has that many of that specific symbol on it to be able to go into that um, hex, right? Uh, and then, yeah, you just you're you're you can you can either use the cards to pay to move into square or into the hexes, or you can use them as sort of a uh, currency to purchase other cards. Uh, and there's some rules there. I won't get uh, too detailed into there on how how you can treat them as currency. Uh, and then some of the other cards that are in basically this this uh, store section. Uh, those are slightly better than your base cards. Right. And then like every other deck builder, there's there's spots on the board where you can either, you know, instead of using a card as a, a, a as a machete or something, you can discard a card to enter this hex or you can remove a card from your deck to enter this this hex or remove three cards or something like that. Right. So it, it allows you to we played one game where it was just the two of us playing. Uh, so each of us got two adventures and both adventures had to reach the temple uh, for one player to win. Um, so I I started moving one of my adventures up uh, and then I moved the other one towards kind of one of these discard out of the game spots. And then I just kept like jumping into that spot and then jumping out of it. And I would, and I was cycling out my sort of you know the the more useless cards, the beginner cards, right? While purchasing kind of the larger ones, and then once I built that deck of okay, here's all my cards that have you know three of the proper resources. Now every time I'm drawing, I'm getting a ton of resources to move, and then I just kind of like ran ahead with both adventures at that time, right? Uh, so yeah, it's it's got those kind of strategies in there that you can put together, and and it's got that race mechanic that yeah, it was it, it's pretty pretty neat game i would definitely recommend trying it out i don't i don't think i need to add it to my collection as uh as one that uh you know i would i would purchase uh because i feel like the game is a bit dated um i should do a quick google mm. search here and see uh yeah. when that came out uh, i've got it on bgg here but yeah um yeah i saw a uh a uh, review of this on Shut Up and Sit Down, uh, and I think they were quite favorable. Um, but yeah, BGG here saying 2017. See, that surprises me that uh, it's even. Uh, I wonder if that's when that Ravensburger seem... took it over. Yeah, it, it could be. Be just, just, and the only reason it surprises me, I, w- I would have pegged this like. Maybe 2011 or something like that, or even earlier, uh, just because like it, the game's good, um, but it 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 seems almost it seems like 
an older style of game and and there's been other games that just do everything it does much better mm. than it does it right like the closest comparison and and this is probably not fair but lost ruins of arnak i feel like is a masterpiece of a game and if i if i were to pick one of the theme i would pick that one you know 10 times out of 10 there's no there's no chance that i would ever pick this one over that one and then like even even the racing mechanic there's other games you know we we you own cubitos um and it's a racing game but with a dice mechanic and the dice kind of make it i don't i don't know I, like it's it's not it's not a bad game it's just i just feel like it's not one that again it's not one i need to own because i have stuff that i feel do everything it does but slightly better, right? Yeah. And that's not to say that, you know, that's nothing on Reiner Knizia because clearly he's a, a mastermind of of uh of game design. But uh yeah, it's it's one of those ones. It was fun to play. And I'm glad it was actually a nice light one to play with with my 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 son and then with my other children too. They they played a, a few rounds as well. Um which which was nice, right? Nice, so one yeah. of those kind of lighter, lighter fair games. I can't get my kids to play anything. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn played uh, Dice Throne with me once, and uh, I think I used it as an opportunity to try and teach some math, and she did not like that at all. <laughs> I think I ruined her for board games. <laughs> not going to play that one anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I, uh, I Benjamin Benjamin likes to sit down and, and and play. My other kids like the idea of starting a game. And then we get a turn or two in and hmm. they have to focus for a longer period of time. And they're like, nah, we're not interested. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, yes, they played the game too, uh, one round, uh, <laughs> and then they left. And then it was just Benjamin and I, right? So yeah, no, that was uh it's a good kids one, but they I do not I d I don't know. They 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 uh they have to have some interest in gaming if they're actually going to yeah, you know, play it out, right? And there's a few ones games that i own that 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 gets them in, in into that kind of mindset but you know it's sometimes it's hard to to hit on a good one for that but you know outside of that outside of uh, the quest for eldorado um i didn't i didn't do much other gaming uh i i've been trying actually to uh get to bed at a more decent time which <laughs> which i think we always seem to you and i we always seem to switch on that we you know you 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 start to do it and then i'm staying up super late and then we switch and then i start to go to bed earlier and then you're staying up super late doing yeah. hobby stuff and whatnot yeah so so i didn't i didn't get to play uh i i i, I was hoping to do some actual pc gaming and uh each night i'd like start something up i'd play like two minutes and be like well, time for bed and close it down. Yeah, well, I, I, well, after our move, which granted was like back in this, like almost six months ago, longer. Sure, yeah, six eight months ago, something like that. I want to say, um, my memory sucks. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been been uh, hobbying at all, really. Uh, we haven't been playing 40k, uh, yeah, so yeah. I haven't really had a drive or or need to to paint models. But um, and, and then yeah, I was getting good sleep. 
(laughs) (laughs) There were some nights where I'd get everything done and be like, okay, well, I I got really nothing much to do. I guess I'll go to bed. Uh, When you're in hobby mode, no, that doesn't exist. Like I start painting and it's it's so hard to put the brush down. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I just got to paint that, just that section or just this color. And, you know, then it ends, ends up, you're two in the morning. You're like, oh, damn, I got to work tomorrow. I've tried to stay away from the painting because of that. Right. But we've been talking about 40K a lot because we're, we're setting up a day where you and I are going to, you know, play our armies against each other. Right. Yes. And, uh, I'm excited. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's been harder. And I know you've been getting deeper into the uh, hobby stuff this week. Uh, lots of painting and whatnot. But yeah, tell us, tell us, what, what have you been up to? Yeah, so last Sunday I spent a shameful amount of time um, doing math, <laughs> looking at uh, different weapon loadouts and, you know, um, so uh, I have three different armies. Okay, so when when we used to play hordes and (laughs) I was all in on on the Legion of Everblight and you were a trolls player, troll bloods, right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, That was great. And some of those models that I have painted are like my favorite paint jobs. And those models are phenomenal. But the game is very chunky. And uh, I was putting in quite an investment into that game and we just weren't playing it all the time because we tend to play later at night and then those games go long and so (laughs) we play like one or two rounds in the game and we'd be like okay I I gotta go Um, and I decided to get into 40k uh, because it's a a broad more, more of a broad player base right of course I've never played another game with anyone but you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kevin, but uh, but the idea was okay. I'm going to get into this, and it's got a lot of cool lore. And so I looked up all the factions, and I loved the sisters of battle because, well, I love awesome badass chicks. That's just kind of my aesthetic for a lot of games. Um, you know what? It, it's funny. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, Jordan. But I I, I read somewhere that like. I, and I don't know what it was, but it was like some title to something, but was saying that like 20, 20% of, and I think it was video game related, but like a, a player base for certain games or something, 20% of male players like to play f- female characters or female armies or something. Right. Hmm. And it was to do with like hobbies and stuff like that. And I just thought, Oh, I should really send this to Jordan. And then I never did, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a large portion of people that, yeah. Oh, nice. Are into badass chicks, right? Yeah. Like, um, and, and not, damn it. Uh, not exclusively, but, uh, certainly even going back to playing video games. Like I remember never winter nights, I, uh, you know, female cleric and and world of warhammer i played a lot of female characters guild wars 2 like i, I don't know uh and then legion of everblight is like the only faction that has females in it yeah yeah um so anyway i started with sisters of battle beautiful models gorgeous models take forever to paint <laughs> so and this is actually something I, I kind of want to talk about. So this was 
I guess nearing the end of eighth edition of Warhammer uh, 40k. I bought a bunch of Sisters of Battle boxes. I got the Codex and I got the 8th edition rules. Started putting an army together. By the time I got a single squad painted, 8th edition was gone. Bring in 9th edition. Right? Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Okay, whatever, sure. Um, So, painting more Sisters. Then the Indominus box comes out. <laughs> Yeah, and then this was like this is such an amazing deal. You and I both got boxes, and then I gave you my Space Marines. You gave me your Necrons, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm playing Necrons too. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a game I wasn't going to get in, uh, <laughs> but uh, you were so excited about it. Yep. And then the Indominus box came out, and then it was gone. And then you know our favorite games are J and J's. I was emailing them about you know, some death watch stuff. Cause I knew I wanted to play space Marines and they were like, Oh, by the way, we have one of these boxes. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so easy to get sucked in. eh? Yeah. 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 And, and then, yeah, the Christmas boxes came out. Um, I, I got some Necron stuff and I got some Tau stuff because I've always loved the look of the Tau. Um, but they were trash when we started playing so bad um yeah i don't know what i don't know who at games workshop hated the tau but eighth edition tau were just they were the bottom tier um but i got a box because kevin wanted to play them and i thought they looked cool and then he never like so i was saving the box for him and then eventually he didn't really want them and i'm like okay well i'll paint them because they'll be fun to paint but now I've got like three different armies I'm juggling. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> it, I get it if you're a competitive player and the company looks at the rules that they've put out and how things are performing on the competitive scene and then, okay, this faction is just dominating. Uh, we got to tweak things, right? So then they put out rules updates and Again, if you're a competitive player, I think players really like that, right? When a company is on top of things and balancing stuff. But when you're just a hobbyist who plays once in a blue moon, like I like I just get a list picked. I just start painting, uh, you know, these models. And then all of a sudden, oh, those models are no good anymore. Or, you know, like, let's say you you're oh aircraft are really cool and you buy a bunch of aircraft and you start assembling aircraft and then they they brought out that that one update and they're like yeah you can only take one you can only take one aircraft model in your army it's like well, what the heck like i just spent so much money and then time on top of that painting right yeah that, yeah 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 so that kind of drives me crazy uh as like a non-competitive player and I think so. Then even GW is now bringing out some new set or new game or something that they're saying isn't going to be isn't going to work with the standard games because they feel like it's too much of a rules change too quickly or whatever. And 
yesterday I saw an um, an interesting video. I watched the Philip DeFranco show. It's a it's a daily news show, and he right. was talking to the professor about Magic the Gathering and right. how Hasbro is running that game into the ground because they're releasing way too much product way too quickly. They're pricing out the local game stores. They're uh, putting out these products that are not even playable in the game yet cost thousands of dollars. It's so fascinating. Uh, like what kind of a business strategy is that, you know, like it, and lots of people are calling for GW to put out free rules um, and pay for it. GW is known to be expensive, but I don't know if they really are that ex- like the models I think are great. The models are, are some of the most beautiful models in the industry, right? Yeah, and then it's, yeah, I second that for sure. It's the codexes that cost a lot of money. And I think that's why they keep pumping out new books because those books make them, I think, probably most of their money. I That's my guess. I don't have facts on that. But you buy a model once, right? Yeah. And then you have it. So new models come out cool. But if you can sell players, you know, rules and then three months later those rules aren't valid anymore and you have to you sell them new rules yeah you, you know it, it's gw's got an interesting thing and 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 for those of you that don't you will play uh warhammer um okay so t- t- we played hordes hordes you go out you buy a rule book if if you buy the one that has the lore in it because they i think offer most of their stuff for free uh and then uh, you could get like stat cards too that you could pay 10 bucks and get a block of cards or you, they gave they gave the, the stat blocks away for free as well, right? So you have all your units and then your core rule. Well, Warhammer comes out and you go, oh, here's the core rule book. That's great. Okay, I'll grab this. And then you read through it and you go, yeah, okay. I, I know all the rules to the game, but how do I play my my army? Because there's no stats for any of my... Yeah. Oh, what what's this? I got to buy... I got to buy a codex, which is another book that just that just has like data sheets for my army to say how my specific army works. Right. And it's like, that's weird. <laughs> like, OK, I, I, I just bought this army to play it and I bought your rules. And now I got to buy another book with rules for the army. I already like, shouldn't I know how to play my yeah. army just by buying, buying my army and, and space Marines like for you is even worse because then you, you buy the space Marines book and then you have to buy a separate book for the chapter that you want to yeah, play like a supplement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, so it's, yeah, it's, it, it, I've, I've never seen it like that before. And, and, and many of the, you know, GW's competitors, that's, you know, something they go and, they say, "Hey, look, we offer free free rules and whatnot," and that's that's their angle. <laughs> you know what? It, it's a tough one, though. I I I really like uh, the the Warhammer 40k rules, like the system. And and I, again, this is the ninth edition of my first foray into 40k, and I know a lot of people aren't happy. A lot of people are happy. I I think my biggest issue, um, you know. If if you're into the, the hobby, you hear a lot about uh, Codex Creep. Uh, and yeah. basically, this was over the life of ninth edition. So it's essentially when you when you get an army, 
uh, you you want to play ninth ninth edition rules. Well, at the start of ninth edition, the codexes weren't all released right at the same time. So uh, the first codexes, I think, like Space Marines and Necrons, had a codex for ninth edition. If you played any armies outside of those, you had to go buy the eighth edition book for that codex and then it would give you some sort of uh okay change this change this a little bit and boom you can play the army right those books for the most part were much weaker compared to the ninth edition counterpart right so if i look at like eighth edition tau versus ninth edition space marines even eighth edition sisters versus the the space marines like at lower model counts i was wiping you off the table with these things because I had updated more updated rules, right? Then as as the edition is out longer and more codexes are coming out, you'd get, okay, uh, Necron, Space Marines out, and now here comes Sisters. Well, the codex would come out and the creep portion of it is now Sisters are dominating. They're so powerful because they just got... Well, well, my codex isn't that old. It's only a few months prior to, you know, prior to yours. But now yours has all these updated rules and bells and whistles and people are running out buying sister stuff. And then, you know, the Mechanicus codex comes out and it blows away the sisters one. And now the sisters is losing to the Mechanicus. And then Tau comes out and it blows away. Right. So every time a codex would come out, it was ultra powerful versus the ones in this same edition. And it was like. Like what? What's happening here? This is such yeah. a weird situation. And then, have. and then, like after a certain amount of time, sure enough, they'd release a, an errata and nerf the hell out of the whole codex, just in time for a new codex to come out. Right? Like for a different so, faction. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. And and GW, it's just you know, it's I I don't like to <laughs> you you if you're into Warhammer. But you know how many haters there are for Warhammer. Everybody that plays the game apparently has to bash GW because <laughs> I don't know. It's like the thing to do. If you're on if you're on Facebook or whatever, like Instagram, wherever you follow them, you know, they put a post and there's like 900 people saying F you and this sucks and blah, blah, blah. And th- there's always haters out there, right? But it's just sometimes you look at the things like the codex groups, like, oh man. That sucks. Like that, that that's gonna happen. That you're mm-hmm. not competitive, and then all of a sudden you're at the top because it's no fun wiping the table either. Because uh, you know, it, the, it, it's great to win, but not if the other person doesn't really have a chance. Yeah. Right. So we talked about root the last, you know, last episode of the episode before, where like I I destroyed you on turn two. Right. Yeah, that's great. I won. But it wasn't like a great victory. It was like, oh, I feel so great about this, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you, you get some of that with the with the codex creep, and then sometimes, you know, you you can see the marketing and the the profits first kind of unpacking of how they do things. You know, they'll come out with the model that is phenomenal. Uh, Morvin Vale, I think about. She gets released for the sisters. Just like an absolute fantastic model, killer model. Uh, and a few months go by, you know, I'm sure tons of sales for this model. And then it gets nerfed. And it's like, 
And to the point where like, then you started going, mm, maybe she doesn't fit my list anymore. Right. When it was an auto include before. And now it's like, wow, I don't want to say they do this, but it, it happens again and again, where like they release a model with broken rules. And then as everybody buys it up and who knows, maybe sales are starting to slow and then they fix the rules and bring it down to like where it should have came out. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe they're not doing that. I still subscribe to their, um, they have a Warhammer plus where they have kind of like a video channel where they have TV shows and, 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 and stuff like that. And you even see some of that, like, you know, they, they start to talk about uh, a, a new codex coming out for guard. And then all of a sudden there's four different episodes related to the guard. And it's like, okay, yeah, it probably just a coincidence. You're not trying to sell me on another army after I'm already <laughs> paying for the service. No, that's fine. I'm I'm sure it's a coincidence. And then it happens every single oh, a tyranid, tyranid uh, uh box is coming out. Oh, look at that. Four more episodes regarding tyranid. What's that? Uh uh, uh Middle Earth uh role-playing game with the Lord of the Rings? Oh, and look at that. It's on Warhammer Plus now to like. Okay, like I, I get it, I, but when you can see those strings being pulled, you know it, it starts to get it feel not great. Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know. I to me, I'm like, okay, well, play whatever version you want. Like we don't have to play the competitive rules or whatever, uh, and just be aware of that creep and like you you're a good example you're like i'm just i'm i bought my space marines i like my space marines i'm staying with space marines yeah yeah yeah. you know the 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 hot new hotness like looks good but no i'm i'm gonna i'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole whereas i definitely went down the rabbit hole (laughs) and now i'm sitting on top of a giant pile of shame going i have so many models to paint (laughs) build and paint that it's yeah anyway but i do i do really enjoy the there's so with this hobby of ours uh there's three different tiers i think that people enjoy this game so there are the people who uh love it for the lore i went into the store uh when the necron codex came out and I had I, I was kind of close to the store owner and I'd been bugging him about this Necron Codex because I actually wanted to play them. And uh, he finally got a copy in. So I rushed over there, got the copy as I like, p- like just paid for it. He's like, this is my last one. I've saved it for you. Right. Guy walks in. He's like, oh, you got got the Necron Codex in. <laughs> and Mike, the store owner is like, he just took the last one points at me. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, man. I'm like, so you play Necrons too? And he's like, no, I just want to, I just like to collect the codexes and read the lore. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. He buys what like every codex yeah. it, it, just to read them, which is cool. Like, it's great. It is cool. And, and, and I said, you know, I, I, I joked about having to buy the codex. When I got the codex, I read it cover to cover because I yeah. like I'll, I'll consume that stuff too. The lore of 40k is amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like I'm happy to do that and I'm happy to buy those. But like 
at the same time, I'm like, okay, come on here, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But keep with that thought. I, I so, agree. Yeah, you got the lore people. So you yeah. got you have the lore. You've got the hobbyists. So who just like. Like when I bought that box of Tau, I was like, even if I don't play Tau, I will enjoy building and painting these models because they just look cool. Right. And then and then you've got the the game or like like the actual game that you put on the tabletop and play and have fun with that. And then you have any combination of all three of those, right? Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Like you love the lore, you you love the the game. I feel like you enjoy the hobbying not as much right? yeah the, the hobby um i gotta say as far as the uh 40k models i really enjoyed putting together hordes models that i i i felt good about clicking those ones the the 40k ones i feel like a bit more involved process and that could just be i'm more picky with making this army look better because i know i'm going to paint it right mm. Uh, but the painting aspect, all that, I get enjoyment out of it and the hobbying portion, that has grown out of seeing your enjoyment for it. Because I know you get a lot of it like that. And and when you're sharing pictures, it's, it makes me be like, man, I I, I want to have a nice looking army so that when like we play, you get to you get some enjoyment of like seeing a full table of, you know, painted figures kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So that yeah, your your love of kind of the hobbying aspects it bled off into, and I think our other buddy Kevin too is is the same way. You've really brought us into the hobby aspects of these of of these uh, miniature games, right? So you know, especially even seeing what you did with like the Everblight stuff, which I never did with the Horde stuff. I never painted it, right? Um, but yeah, seeing all that stuff and how beautiful you did, it, and then the hours like it's it's there's no comparison between your paint paints and, and and mine or kevin's at all but like if i can have something painted on the on the board like it's just nice to like both our armies are are painted right yeah oh, but yeah yeah just yeah i uh I, you'd see i'd see like models on display at like game shops right and i'm like he, like from afar i go oh those look awesome and then i go close up and i'm like oh no they don't <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but yeah. like on the table a badly painted army looks a million times better than just gray plastic yeah. right well and, and that's my army to a t right like it's it's no, you, badly yours, yours aren't badly painted they're they're pretty <laughs> decently painted i i cheat though i use these like the <laughs> contrast paints that do all the actual work for me right but like so I like them. Like I pick it up and I go, oh man, I painted and I feel good about it. Right. Cause I painted something, right. I was artistic enough to paint this. Right. And then it's on the table. It's far, yeah. far enough away that it looks, you know, better than it actually is. Right. But yeah. I, I yeah. like that part of it too, over something like magic, the gathering where it's, and don't get me wrong. I love magic, the gathering, but, um, but when I'm not playing it, there's the cards are just sitting in a box somewhere. But, yeah. but Warhammer, when I'm not playing Warhammer, my models are all displayed in a glass shelf and like I pass them and I look at them and I get enjoyment from like, you know, just having them on display like that. Right. And I get enjoyment yeah. from from the painting and the building and all that stuff. So I yeah, I have all my models uh, displayed as well. And when I when I think of when I think of hordes, when I think of Magic the Gathering, my magic cards that uh, I'll keep my commander deck. 
everything else, and I've been thinking about this lately too, man, maybe I'll just sell off the collection because it just sits there collecting dust. Would I ever sell the hordes model, even though I know we're not going to play? <laughs> no, because they're pretty. I, you know, I, I I still, now that we're into the hobbying a bit, I, I often think I should paint those once I'm done with my space marines, right? Yeah. And then just display them, right? That's that's what those will be there for. I, I don't ever envision me getting rid of them because, you know, I, I don't need to. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes I get a bit, a bit frustrated with the, uh, you know, too many rules changes coming out too quickly. Um, but again, I think that probably comes down to me not actually sitting down and finishing one darn army, you know, like <laughs> half painted three different armies. Um, but uh, so it's probably my fault, really. But yeah, I, I, I got to say, like, as far as like miniature games. OK, so we yeah, we, we we've played Hordes. Uh, we've played 40k now. I've read the rules for Star Wars Legion, and I own that game as well. Uh, I I um I've read the rules for uh like uh, a Song of Ice and Fire miniatures game. Uh, there's been a couple of miniature games where you know I I own armies in them, and I and I because you know why not why not buy starter boxes are my weakness because I see them like that's a great deal let's buy more. <laughs> Uh, I don't buy extra armies once we get into a, a miniature game, but I'll buy a bunch of different miniature games knowing we'll never get into them. But <laughs> that's besides the point, right? But yeah, like, I I, I, I feel like I, I, as much as we like ranted a bit there on, on 40K, like I, I, as a whole, it's it's one, definitely one of my favorite miniatures games and, and systems yeah. right and I, yeah. I i think it's great if, you, if you're not into if you have if you're wondering on what you know kind of miniature war game you want to get into it like 40 40k is a great one to get into and like every time we play it yeah i definitely feel like i'm a general sending my army into battle here and and i'm trying to outmaneuver you the other general on the other side of the table and you know defeat your forces kind of thing right and and it does a good job of, of doing that and it's fun in a fun way yeah yeah i'm really excited for our game whenever that does happen yeah and then we get to uh we'll, we'll i'm sure we'll we'll talk about it and we'll uh probably do a a episode on on warhammer 40k 9th edition before it it turns into 10 <laughs> yeah <laughs> which apparently is going to be soon around the so, corner uh, uh, so if the, all the rumors say yeah if we listen to the rumors yep yep for sure yeah so the other thing i wanted to touch on uh you know uh, briefly now before we get into our main main uh, uh event here sure. um so i mentioned before i i i curate my wish list on bgg uh quite often i'm on there i'm on i like i daily am on bgg looking at whatever stuff uh but part of that is i go onto my wish list and i update games and i decide okay you know what games do i want to do it and then my wish list B, uh bgg does uh, a good job of like where you can separate your wish list into like your your must have wants and your love to have and your uh wants and whatever right i don't think the categories are all the best uh, cause there's like a wish list and then there's a wish list that says, don't buy this, which I haven't really, why put it on a wish list if you don't want to. So I don't understand that category, but for the most part, you can categorize your games by like 
you know, where they fit in your wish list, I suppose, right? I love that. What I want to, the next rant I want to want to jump on, and you know, I feel like I'm, I'm ranty today because uh, you know I gave up I gave up sugar a day and a half ago. We've been making jokes about this, but uh, it's <laughs> it's been tough, and it's and it has me on edge. Um, <laughs> publisher websites; these things can be. Two, one of two, either they are fantastic and you can go on the website and you can look at a game and figure out exactly, uh, you know, everything about a game that you want to know. And maybe even like a little video, uh, there's there's uh, written synopsis of like how to play the game and all that without actually having to read the entire rule book because nobody has time to read rule book after rule book on games that they're thinking about buying. Right. Right. Um, other publisher websites. Like you barely have a picture of the game. Like I, yeah. I'm exaggerating, but let's say like they'll crop it, like the 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 board box in half. They're missing half the title. This is how <laughs> bad it feels. Like some of the websites are, uh, and the descript like the description tells you nothing. Uh, there there's like a small little blurb, and it's it's marketing blurb. It's not like you know yeah. gameplay. Ver- if you're a publisher and you're listening to us, because clearly you're going to listen to us, uh, <laughs> but like, just just do something nice with it, right? And and I'll and I'll and I'll shout out. Okay, uh, some of my favorite publishers, uh, Czech Games Edition. Uh, they they are decent, uh, not the best I've seen, but they do a decent job of having everything you could need. Yes, I'd probably want a bit more, but. You know, I, I can decide and if I want to buy a game based on reading about the game on the website. Uh, Red Raven Games, same thing. I put them in the same category as uh, CGE uh, for maybe could have a bit more, but like it's it, it it's decent enough that I can make a decision there. Right. One that uh, that was like top notch for me, and and I and I'm blanking on it right now, so I gotta I gotta quickly Google search it. Uh, but the the designers of Merchant Cove and and to the point where like I emailed uh, this uh, oh yeah Final Frontier Games so these guys their website and I emailed them to tell them this as well uh, it is beautiful as far as websites go uh, uh, if you're trying to learn about any of their games I have their website open right now I I I'm I've been looking into Merchant Cove as one of the ones I have on my wish list. Uh, if I, anything I want to know about this game is listed here, then you go down, it shows you, you know, screenshots of the board, uh, of the player boards, of the different character races. And it's like screenshot, then some text and screenshot text. Such a wonderful job of, of putting that together that like immediately this one went, if it wasn't on the highest tiers of my wish list, it's now like at the top, just because. <laughs> There is so much information and in such a good way that I was like, this game sounds amazing. I'm going to have this game. Like it's, it's a must have for me. So I've, I put it way at the top. Right. Uh, but it, it, it just boggles my mind how some, you know, some publishers will have nothing and then others will have just like, like a, a ton of stuff. And, and, and I just, like, I just wanted to say like, 
it directly will affect me purchasing a game, right? I like, and I, I can't be the only one that this is going to happen to, right? If you're looking for information on a game and you can't find it. Like, there's so many games out there nowadays. Why, why take a chance on something when you can, you know, find a similar game that has all this information about it and then, you know, make a informed decision that way. Right. Well, let me tell you, I had never heard of this publisher before. Oh, um, as you right now, we're just talking about it. I just checked out their website and immediately went, Oh, that game looks neat. What's that game about? Pulled it up. Oh, it's it's dice rolling. It's got cool art and like this neat monster theme. And uh, oh, the board looks really nice. Wow, the components look good here. Oh, they even have a picture of the plastic insert that holds all the components. And I'm already going, wow, so their attention to detail is excellent. Like, Hey, maybe this game's gonna go on my wish list. <laughs> I, 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 and I feel like every time we we you know review a game, we talk about a lot of these things, and you can see you can see all the things we talk about on this on on these guys' website, and it's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, like like I said, I I sent them an email just to say like, wow, keep this up. This is this is great. Like I'm adding, I have multiple games. I just found this publisher and I have multiple games of theirs on my wish list now because of it. Right. Because yeah, I can you, see why. Yeah. You do something like that. You have, uh, uh, you are able to provide some information on your, on your products. And it makes me, yeah. Want to why, give are it you a take, why are you going to take a risk paying 60 to 80, sometimes a hundred dollars on a game that you don't really know anything about? Or you could spend that money on a game you've, you know, fully researched on on their website and you're pretty confident that it's a game that you're going to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think of a, I, I, now I, I still have this on my wish list just because the gameplay sounds neat. But, uh, you know, the website for, I think it's uh, Fife 1429, I want to say. Uh, it's like a, it's, it's a, it's a game where you, you take on a uh, French family and you're in the medieval kind of era and you're growing your family and trying to become you know uh grow your family uh their their political sway basically right uh their website terrible like mm -hmm. completely garbage very little about the actual game like maybe a little uh, paragraph on the game and i'm just like you know what what a you have such a neat sounding product enough Enough of a neat sounding product that I actually still have it on my wish list, low on my wish list now because of this website. That if you had a good, good information, like I'm, I'm sure more people would be like, oh, got to get my hands on that game. Right. So I, I, mm. I don't know. I don't know if that's, I'm, I'm not an expert, but you know, my, my, my opinion there on, on, on how that it was just one of those things that I've noticed recently trying to, update that list and really look into games so that that list is because i you know what i use that for is 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 my purchasing guide yeah I, I i'll give that out to people that are looking for say gifts or something if i if i get a gift or something great that's great but usually 
nine times out of 10, I'm the one buying things off that list because I'm going, I want to remember this game so that when I get to the the shop, I can pull it up and be like, yep, yeah, boom, I want that game. I want this yeah. game and, and, and whatnot, right? So, you know, I do that for me. And if, if it's higher, higher on that list, those are the games I'm going to buy first, right? So, just another rant. Wanted to jump through. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Should we uh, maybe with that though take a break and then come back and jump into tapestry? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, faithful listeners. Jordan here with a quick word from today's sponsor, us. Thomas and I really enjoy making the show. We really hope you enjoy listening. If you do, tell your friends about us. Spread the good word. We'd really appreciate it. And we promise you, if you keep listening, we'll keep talking. Now back to our show. And we're back. This week, we're talking about Tapestry. A civilization game. Uh, this is a game designed by Jamie Stagmeyer with art by Andrew Bosley and published by Stonemeyer Games. You all know that I'm a big fan of Stonemeyer Games. And uh, this is a game that actually was not really on my radar. And somebody, uh, you, Thomas, actually sent me a list of somebody was selling a ton of games on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. And I looked at the list and, well, Tapestry was a Stonemeyer game. And I'm like, yeah, I'll grab that. And I got a, a couple other ones, uh, Abyss and Merchant Marauders. Merchants and Marauders. That's yep. it. Um, so I got this game uh, for a good deal. Uh, there's a like some a slight crease in the box. Other than that, the components were perfect. Uh, so anyway, but it's, it's become one of our favorites to play. Yeah. This one's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, as far as a, uh, um, Stonemeyer and J Jamie Stegmeyer game though, this one, I feel is one of his most, uh, contentious titles. People are really on the fence. Uh, it, it's got higher, higher. Actually, I think it's one of his lower rated games. I think it's like a 7.4 on BGG. Not that, you know, ratings on BGG mean anything, but like uh, 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 compared to some of his other titles, like this one, yeah, it's definitely more of a people like it, people don't like it, hmm. you know. Yeah, well, I I think it was Tom Vassell uh, said uh, that he, he liked the game, but that it wasn't a civilization game. He's like, the theme was kind of painted on, um, which like I can, I can, I can totally see why he would say that, but yeah. at the same time, I disagree with him. Yeah. So, it, so the game is, uh, it, 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 like I, like I just said, it's, it's lorded as a civilization game. So you, you choose a, a civilization which essentially acts like a variable player power um the, it gives you some kind of a, a bonus or changes the rules in some slight way uh for for you in particular as a against your opponents 
going forward. And that stays the same through the whole game. Although you can gain additional civilizations, although I don't think we've ever actually done that. It's kind of rare, right? Yeah, I have, I, it's not, it hasn't come up in any of our games. I, I can see how no. it would, but it just, you know, luck of the draw. That's so, never happened. Yeah, yeah. So you, you you get a civilization, you have a player board with resources on it, uh, and then you have a, another board that is like your your capital city. So it's got a bunch of uh, squares. So there's a three by three grid, but each of those three by three squares is broken up into three by three squares. Uh, and on your resource track, you are removing buildings that are covering up various resources and ways to score points. And as you're playing the game, you're, there's certain actions you can take where you can build those buildings. And so you remove them from your income track, which gets you more income uh, during the income phase of the, of the round. But then you put them on the, on this capital city map and you're like building your city. Right. Uh, then they also have like landmark buildings, which you can get and put on the city. And then as you fill up these squares, you're getting more resources or you're getting points off of it. Uh, the game's broken down into, well, four rounds. There's a fifth, but the fifth is really just scoring. Yeah. Um, in each round you're adding, uh, these tapestry cards, which will then change the rules for you again, but just for that round. So like a mini variable player power, if you will. <laughs> Uh, but the the whole game is a a resources to move game where you're just trying to to get the most amount of points. So you start with like four resources only, and you spend a resource to move around on this board. The board has four separate tracks that are broken down into military, technology, exploration, and science. So. Are you going to be a civilization that focuses on engineering and science? Or are you going to be a civilization that focuses on exploring and, you know, conquering territory through military strength? That's the idea. What I really like is you can focus and should, I would say, focus on, you know, one or two of these tracks, but the tracks all the spaces on them are really set up to interact with the other tracks. So you're not scoring as many points as you can be. If you just stay on one track, it really makes you, if you really want to get benefits, you have to sort of move on different tracks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's, that's, that in com uh, in conjunction with like the tapestry card is the si civilization part, right? Because your tapestry cards are like your almost I, I don't want to say advances, but they're they're almost like your <laughs> and government is the wrong word too. 
yeah. but usually there there there's some some sort of behavior like like there you might be a um I think well I'm trying to think of one of the ones I had uh yesterday. Um I, I, I forget, but there are things like, you know, piracy. You might have one that's piracy, and then it 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 allows you to do things that seem more like a that gives you bonuses for doing pirate-like type things. And 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 that is represented by other things in the game or whatever, right? But th- so those tapestry cards do one thing, and, and they're kind of like a the first one that's on the board for you is like what is it like built like fire you've made fire uh so that's your like yeah the yeah, start you of your discover fire. yeah discover yeah. fire right yeah. and then your next tapestry card is something more and then you get into like you know missile warfare whatever or these tapestry cards and then those tracks along the sides the the different um technology tracks that's technology is that what they're called they're uh no, te- technology is one of, one the, of tracks. the tracks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So so the various tracks around the sides, though th- those are your, you know, where you're you're focusing your um advances for your civilization, right? So whether you go the tech route or the science route or the exploration route or 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 the militaristic route, right? Um yeah, that that's that's the civ aspects. I, 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 when you mentioned about Tom Vassal saying that, and I've heard that from other people as well, and that's one of the contention points about this game is that people buying this game thinking, oh, I'm getting a Civ game by Stonemeyer Games. This is amazing. And then they get it and they're like, wait, this isn't really a Civ game compared to something like, like Myers, yeah, exactly, right? which, yeah, which is another board game as well, right? Like there's a board game version of that, right? Um, and I, you know what? We've never, I've never. Uh, played in us together we've never played uh, a, a civilization game that falls under i think those types of let's say true civilization games i i'm always curious how like that civ one works and there's ones like um through the ages and stuff like that where you're where you're going you're starting your civ at, in like the stone age or the you know yeah you've discovered fire age uh, and then building it up to the different, okay, we've entered medieval and you've, and there's tech trees involved and the tech trees branch and whatever. Yeah. Right? This one is like that, but like light, uh, but it's not light in the sense that it's not complex. The game still has complexity in it. It just maybe doesn't have all the branching offshoots that another Civ game might have. Right. Yeah. Like on the tech tree, you, your tech tree is a deck of cards and you flip three cards. You might be in the first. So like the stone age, if you will, era and you flip over time travel, (laughs) you know, so, or, or the technologies available are like time travels one. And then, you know, like stone tools or so, or like invention of the calendar, I think was one of the games we played. Like we got time travel before we got, calendar and ah. so <laughs> like that's funny but you know what it it makes for us a, a simple fun game it does yeah the, the the tracks are much more linear in that sense too because you're you're essentially like let's take the uh let's take the science track uh as an example it's one track uh so the first three spots on this track you have to pay one resource to get that benefit of that track right so you pay one then you pay on another on a subsequent turn you pay another and you move up the track you move up the track and then 
And then you head into the kind of the tier two of that track. And it's another three boxes that you can head to. But this time you got to pay two resources. And then you get into the third tier. But it's a straight line rather than a branching line, uh, which simplifies that sort of tech tree kind of nature. But in a fun way, like you don't have to... the the brain power doesn't really go into okay what branch of the tech tree am i going to go down no it's what order am i going to move around and and what 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 areas like what trees am i what lines am i going to follow around the the board here am i going to go militaristic am i going to go exploration right and you're right focusing on one uh at, like having a primary area for your sieve to go to uh advance in uh and then having a secondary and i i read somewhere today you know having that one is that that's your focus and then your secondary is your your secondary focus and then you might have a third track that you move on sporadically just to take advantage of i need that bonus at this point in time so i'm going to use that i'm going to use a resource here and get that specific bonus now right um but you can't do everything. I feel like yeah. it, it would be too much. Uh, not enough resources to do it all. And, and so here's a here's a good example of two things you just talked about. So uh, we played this game once before a long time ago. And yeah. then I played it with uh, a bunch of people at my birthday. Uh, my last birthday in August, and then we just got it back out again, and it's it's almost December. <laughs> uh, but um, after the first couple of games, I thought, you know what? I think that exploration and military, I think, have the most resource generation ability, which which in turn, since it's a resource to move game, would give you the most number of actions. So that's what I'm going to go for this game. And then we rolled off. You went first. You're like, I'm going exploration in military. (laughs) Without like, you didn't even mention that either, that that's what your thought process was. But I had the exact same one. And I, and I said, you went, huh? Well then, (laughs) I guess I'm going to go technology. (laughs) So then I, I, I switched gears. I focused on technology and then, in the fourth tier, so like like Thomas was saying, there's there's three four tiers on each track, and each one has three spots, and the spots have actions that you take, right? Um now in the fourth tier of technology, the the first spot is score points equal to the number of spaces you've moved on the science and the military track. Yeah. So like, if you haven't moved on those, you're not scoring any points and that's supposed to be a high point scoring space because it's again, fourth tier. It's the final tier on the deck track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you can't afford to just focus Ignore. on one. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting, and, and and it's neat that some of them almost feel like they go more hand in hand. Exploration and the military, it, it seems like it goes hand in hand because, yeah, if you're doing a military route, you're placing down these um, outposts onto the 
kind of the map that you the center board has a you know a little map on it uh but at the start of the game there's not there's only like you have access to three spots uh, on the board uh when you first start the game uh and then if you take explore actions you can place these map tiles on the board to expand into other areas of the map right so if you want to go heavy military, you kind of have to go exploration as well. So you can get access to more places to put your outposts, right? So they, yeah. they kind of go hand in hand together. And watching you yesterday play with the tech one, I almost felt, and it's funny because you, you the, the term is, you know, science and technology, but yeah. I felt like those two tracks also went well together right you managed to to play those off each other in such a way that yeah it was like it was awesome to watch because it was it was neat the the bonuses you were getting from doing one thing over here and then advancing on the other track and then using that to you know benefit you over here and then over there you know it was it was it was neat to to watch that and see how those kind of go together but you're right they all kind of mesh nicely as well so there there's there'd be nothing to stop you from going from like a tech and exploration or a science and military right, uh, right. because a lot of the and this is kind of a neat thing a lot of the spaces that you're you're going to on these tech trees or these trees whatever we're calling these uh things um Many of them give you options of what you want. So I, I, I and I can think right off the bat, some of the the military ones was like, "Hey, you can place an outpost on the map, or you can uncover a uh, one of these buildings on your player uh, board and place it into your city board, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you might go, okay, well, that that's two different options. What what option is there? And 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 it's really neat that they give you kind of many of these spaces have multiple options. So you could go heavy military, but instead of focusing on outposts, you're focusing on like the military buildings, right? Or or different aspects of the military um strategy, I suppose, right? Yes, yes, there's going to be some outposts that you that's that's the benefit you're going to get. But I, I I I feel like you could almost if you didn't take the military and explore together and you just did like military and tech, you could probably get away with advancing pretty high in military and not needing to explore too far out, right? Or only taking mm. a few explore actions to get some extra tiles, right? Yeah. Plus, who knows what the, the opponent is doing? If you're opening up the map a bit more, that leads me to have more access to spots on the board as well so you know there's 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 viability i feel for like all the tracks to work in conjunction if you wanted to yeah and as you're saying uh so one of the spots on the the tech tree is scoring points for the number of military buildings that you've built right and yeah, then yeah. one of the one of the points on the military tree is scoring points for the number of exploration tiles that you have stacked up and not on the board, yeah. right? Just yeah. in your pool. So, yeah, it's all, it all ties together very well. I, I think it, I, I was really trying to pay attention to it yesterday, but the balance of it all, and I 
I feel like it's got a really nice balance. Yeah, it's it's interesting in the sense that like I I, I don't I don't feel like any track is overtly better than any of the other tracks, right? I never got that feeling. And to be honest, when you look at our scores of the two games we've played, and even the game that I wasn't a part of, the third game you had, all the scores have been really close. Like we played, that first game we played, we had a one point difference. Yep. One point. Like we scored in the 200s and 60-ish area. Right. I think that, I yeah, had, that was that was the score, 260. Yeah, 260 and, to my 259. Like one, yep. one point. Like how close is that? Uh and then this game last night, 10 points. And I'm talking 10 points is like one extra move you might be able to score 10 points. So yeah. that is that is almost just as close as a one point lead there, right? So like clearly. <laughs> there, there, it doesn't seem like there's there's overly and and again this is this is the biggest thing a lot of people say is the uh, part of the variable powers of the different races and and there's a there's issues with balance but we really haven't run into that uh, now again we have very few plays I suppose but our games have always been so close. That like even last night we didn't do like compared to our first game in the 260 and 259. Last night's game we ended in the you know one one what was 181. I had 181, you had 191, right? So that was our our 10, but that's way off our original scores, right? Right. So I I and I feel like we played a better game last night than the first time, and yet we scored lower. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's so it's so interesting, and I and I wonder. It makes me think. I wonder if you could get into a situation where someone plays a game like we played last night, and the other player plays a game like we played on our first one. So they end up with two sixty points, and I'm sitting here at one eighty one points for no because I didn't. And and this is what gets me about Stegmeier games. Uh, or sorry, Stonemeyer Games and 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 Jamie Stegmeyer's uh, the design credits here is that every time I play one of his freaking games, uh, and and they always they they anger me and they they <laughs> I, and I enjoy them at the same point. It's just I always sit there after going, what could I have done? What like what where? where maybe if i did if i did this maybe if i did that and i can never and that that for for me when i play a lot of games i i a lot of the times they click and i go boom i know what to do and i do well his games for whatever reason (laughs) always my brain i I just can't i can't i can't do it like there's no it just escapes me every time. It's not that I don't, I, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Scythe is another one of his games. It's the same way that I get these same, you know, frustration thoughts of, and, and I think we got to have another game of this. I think I figured it out with Scythe. It took 
10 plays. I don't know how many times we played it, but I think I finally figured it out. And, yeah. and the thing I needed to do was keep a notebook. The last time we played side, I kept a notebook with me and I wrote down, I planned out every single turn, five moves before. Nice. Uh, and I wonder if yeah. I did that in tapestry. I think, you... I think that's the next time I'm going to have the notebook and I'm going to plan, 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 plan. That's smart. I mean, when you did take notes on Scythe, you rocked it. Yeah, yeah. I I got lucky, a bit lucky too. I drew some nice cards in that specific game and got mm. some free texts and, and went up. But I, I, I feel like that, me just taking notes, was able to focus my brain down, which I don't have issues with in any other types of games. <laughs> except for Stonemeyer games. Uh, but yeah, I was able to notebook, let me focus it down. Uh, and I feel like, I wonder if I, the next time we play tapestry, if I, if I notebook everything, if I right. can like laser focus my, uh, my ADHD brain. Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I found like this game, uh, and it only, it only occurred to me. <laughs> this is <laughs> so stupid halfway through the game it occurred to me to count the number of spaces i wanted to move this round and then count the number of resources i had and go can i do what i want to do before my next income phase right yeah like yeah. normally i'm looking a turn or two ahead but yeah like i think there was one point in the game where you went deep into the think tank Yes. Yeah. And and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna plan out my my round. And yeah, and then it was like, oh yeah, okay. So we're gonna go here, 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 here. But then my problem is I'm so forgetful about everything <laughs> that like then I I plan all this out and then I go start making moves, and I'm like, oh no, wait, I wasn't I wasn't supposed to do that. I was supposed to do this other other move first. And like <laughs> and then you're you're a gentleman when I do mess up and if if I'm genuine about it and I try not to go back on my moves too much but uh you are quite the gentleman player and let me correct mistakes <laughs> I, as long I as I feel like if it's still your turn like you haven't finished the turn so yeah rewind replay that turn out like it, it, it doesn't harm anything right <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I, I like to return the favor when I can, but you don't make nearly as many mistakes as I do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. L l like I said, I, 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 I don't mind doing it because I feel like, yeah, it, it, if it's still your turn, you're still in good. It's, it's mm. a little different if we get like a couple turns in and then we're trying to like backspace the turns out and, and figure out what you did that or what I did. And, but like, yeah, I mean, yeah. especially a lot of these games are so complex nowadays that I feel like you got to give a bit of, a bit of leeway there. So I, I mean, we're, we're trying to have fun. We're trying to, yeah, we're trying to win, but we're also trying to have a good time. Right. If I was just a jerk about it all the time, then where's the fun in that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you know, yeah. You, I, I say, no, you can't do that. And then I win. And then I'm going to be like, you know, if I wasn't a jerk and I would I still have one? Would that would would that have been the situation where it made the difference? Right, right. Uh, and and yeah, and it, it, I, I don't want to win like that. And you know, 
I'm sure you don't want to lose that way either, right? Like I wouldn't want to lose that way that, oh man, yeah, I meant to do something in this order and I messed that up and now... <laughs> but actually to 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 uh to jump on this as well though uh you you had mentioned about uh you plan out a turn and then and then you totally forget when you start to do it. <laughs> I, I I have to stress listeners like you all have to go out and get you know a a, a buddy like Jordan to play games with because a inevitably when he screws himself over a a strategy that was a great strategy and then he implemented it completely wrong because he forgot half the things that he could do or or was planning on doing you end up winning and and it's hilarious because you won because he failed to do things that he knew he should have done so and so back to our, you know, War, Warhammer discussion. This happens all the time. We get like three turns down the line and he goes, oh, no, I had a strategy for that. I could have <laughs> spent points to do this. And then and I'm like, oh, sorry, I killed it now. Uh, you know, uh-oh. yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah, so that so that that's one thing. <laughs> and then the other thing, sorry to hark back to our miniatures game. If I ever you know a pick up a game I, I always feel like if i ever pick up a game i could just be like uh, jordan uh you should buy into this game too <laughs> and then you're like you okay and, you know i got you in the hordes and then you know okay you did get me to 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 40k but you know you now have three armies and i have i have one so, yeah yeah so, you know, yeah. So, yeah, get yourselves a Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> well, okay. You know, it's funny. We were talking about Warhammer and how, um, like all these erratas keep coming out, changing the rules, right? Yeah. I said, well, you messaged me and you said, what game are we playing, um, tonight? And I'm like, we're going to play Tapestry. And you were like, awesome. By the way, there are erratas <laughs> for this game. Yes. Here they are. And I was like, there's erratas for board games now? Like, what is going on? <laughs> but uh, the Stagmire Games website, I, I, well, actually, you were telling me, so why don't you tell the story? Yeah. Uh, okay. First thing, like, Stonemaier Games, um, these guys when you talk about like quality of life things that they do this is what they do best like from everything from we talked last last episode about um uh c- components and 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 like boxes and 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 the different like the the holes in the little bags we we discussed and how those help flatten the bags these are the tiny little details that Jamie Stagmeyer puts in all his production of his games and, and and it makes uh such a difference like like he he and his company is, is a master of things that gamers would appreciate even to the point where like the and does correct me if i'm wrong but i know some of the games that you have from stonemeyer they have like like printing numbers on them like this is box number yeah. 100 
5,001 out of 150,000 printings, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't need to include that, but it's a cool little thing to have. Like, you know, here's, this is my specific copy in, in this printing, right? This print run. It's so neat. Like, why why do that? But it's something that they know gamers would appreciate, right? So, that's funny you remember that. So, uh, on the tapestry box, so my copy is 1970, sorry, 19,783 out of 25,000 printings. Yeah. That's okay. your copy. You That's own my a copy. copy. Yeah. Now, like we mentioned, you got me a copy of Rolling Realms. Yeah. That is printing 4,500 of 22,000. Yeah. And I look at that and I go, that is awesome. Like, 4,500 is actually quite a low number. Right. Right. Out of 22,000. Right. And, and it's a nice even number, right? 4,500. I'm like, that's my, like, yeah, like you said, <laughs> that is my copy. And it's an early printing. Like, that is so cool. And I get, yeah, like, I get so much joy out of that little detail. So, and this is, this is them to a T. They do this with everything. And, and, uh, and it's, I, I let you collect their stuff because, you know, I, I you've started it and i'm like but ah, i just i respect that so much the stuff that they 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 do uh for gamers in that sense and 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 that's a lead up to explain exactly what we just brought up so on their site for tapestry yes they release erratas but it's like a continually evolving one and the way they continuously evolve it is they actually have a on the tapestry sales page, which go back to our first uh, 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 discussion right. uh, today about it, you know, they do a good job as well. Um, but there is a spot where you can put information about your play that you just had, right? Uh, so what what uh, what was the faction uh, you played or the sieve you played, uh, and and what did you score? Uh, um, you know, and and I think they ask a few more details, and then what did your opponent, what Civ, and what did they score, right? And they, it's like a data depository for all that, and then then they look at it and go, hey, look at this. Whenever somebody has the historian civilization, uh, they say seem to win out more often than you know these five other Civs. So maybe we need to update the rules for this one so that when they start, they don't have as big of a bonus or something, right? Because again, with the variable powers, you might get some that are, you know, clearly better than others, but they've they've continually worked to to hammer that out so that they're very balanced against each other. And that's it's they don't have to do that, right? Like you don't you could come up with an errata saying, okay, we've done, you know a number of more uh uh play tests and and here's our errata here's our recommendation and i feel like that's if you have balance issues that's that's something that if you don't do that you're kind of a jerk uh but so so it's i i feel like it's almost expected that you should at least do some play testing 
and then do that. But they take it that step further by adding it to their their website so that now they get the community playtesting as well, mm-hmm. right? And and not to say that they're pushing, you know, I, I, if if we if we uh, put this to like a video game uh, reference here, they're not the Bethesda's of the uh, <laughs> of the uh, board gaming where they're saying, "Oh, here's our unfinished." A video game. Yeah. Find all the bugs for us for free <laughs> on your time, and then we'll we'll maybe release a patch and fix it. Right. Right. Uh, they're not. They're not doing that. They're saying, "Hey, we want to. We want to balance this as best we can, and we've done our homework on it. But if you're willing to, if you're willing to be a part of the community and and help out, you can help us even further balance it. Right. Yeah. And, and it- I think that's beautiful. In fact, they actually print the uh, the names of all the play testers on the side of the box. Yeah, like they, their credits are right there on the side of the box, which I it's just so cool. It, it it is cool. Yeah, yeah, and then and then like you know, if, if if you do this and you you fill out the score, they also have like they run a little this. This you know last month or the no- November uh, high school I guess uh, tonight when we're recording it's the it's the thirtieth of November it's the last of the month they'll release at some point next month oh here's the top top scorer uh, for the month uh, and and you know here's the name of the person that submitted their score and what they scored and whatever and it's like a little like you know uh, top score track that they keep track of on their website like why there's really no no benefit for them to do it but they do it because it's kind of like a community thing and they're just yeah it's just their way right yeah yeah it's small things like that and even you know even if it's something i we you and i we record our games i record them we record them on our apps on our phone we have we both have the same app um so I didn't go on to the, the website and, and fill it out. Okay. Okay. You don't have to use those things that he provides. It's nice that it's there though. Right. Mm-hmm. The fact that they go that I, I like, I give them props for doing that. Yeah. yeah. But it, th- this one's a good one though. Like I, I, again, like everything we, we, we talk about, we all, we always like, but it, it's a fun, it's a, it's a, you know, light Civ game that's not light, like it's got meat to it, right? Uh, and 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 it's good meat. Like uh, there's some strategies. We, you and I, we both have, uh, and which makes us great to play. We, yeah, I read somewhere the other day um, uh, about Rising Sun, and it, Rising Sun is a minimum three player game. It's a game we'll likely get to the table as well, right? So I. Did a quick Google search about how can you turn this to two players? And people in the forum were like, it's not hard to get a third player. Like, just play with three players, right? And that really? was the, that was comments, right? And I was thinking, <sighs> okay, sure. It may be easy just to grab someone and you know, show up to some board game night and 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 drag someone in, right? But I, I feel like with you and I, we play very similar games where we both do like this analysis paralysis t- type thing right where we want to think and we want to come up with it and sometimes our games take longer because of it right yeah but we're both on the same page there i feel like we're 
very similar in that, like in how long we want to plan out our turns. So it doesn't feel like it's ever like a, a hindrance to, I don't feel bad about taking a little extra on my turn because I know you're going to do it on your turn as well sometimes and whatnot, right? Whereas if we play, we just grab a random third player. Even when we play some games with Kevin, I start to feel a little bad because Kevin usually makes quicker decisions on games, right? And then I feel bad. I'm sitting here thinking and he just took a 30 second turn and now i'm you know five minutes on my turn and by and then you're five minutes and by the time it gets back to him it's been 10 minutes <laughs> yeah and yeah. he takes another 30 seconds right it's that it's that D D kind of argument where you, you you find with players that are really into D D and have played a lot they're able to do take their turns in in three minutes in a combat and then there's the players that are new to D D that that uh take much longer yeah it's it's a flip of reversal here about analysis paralysis versus being a new player but you know they take much longer and then all of a sudden this 45 minute com- combat in D for that experienced player they've actually only contributed like maybe three minutes of that 45 <laughs> so, so it's oh goodness i gotta wait 15 minutes for my turn to get back to me right yeah but that that I find is where the struggle would be to to add that extra players to find someone that has the same mindset that we we have and and uh, you know fits that kind of you want to take some time to think go for it don't feel bad about it we all do that right so yeah like whereas if I play with my wife she she bugs me so bad about t- taking long time on my turns. <laughs> Like right, it's, yeah. it's con- she does it so much now. My daughter makes fun of me for it, right? <laughs> and yeah. and it's like, well, I want to strategize. And like you said, like if if you're in the think tank thinking about your turns, okay, I'll take some time and think. Like I'll take that time to plan my turns. Yeah, right. <laughs> like and and neither one of us are bothered. Yeah, that's. And this game has that, right? Has yeah. that it has that depth where you can sit there and go, okay, I gotta plan this out because I have only a limited set of resources here and I gotta spend these and I got all these things I gotta do and I want to do. And if I can spend them in the proper order, maybe I can do everything. Right. And I think so. we talked about this. What game was it like that we were playing? It, it was one of the last podcast episodes. All of the information is on the board. It's it's there. It's open, right? So you know yeah, how well, many resources you have, and you know what actions are available. And so, yeah, it takes some time because okay, I could pay one resource and take this action, or. You know, that action's really juicy, but it's going to take me three resources to get there. And then, like, if I want to move this far on that track and this far on that track, am I going to have enough resources? And you got to weigh your options. Yeah. (laughs) And and with with you and me, we're like, okay, if I we take that a step further and go, okay, well, if I do this, this, this and that, I'm going to end up with X number of points. But if I do this that's that and the other thing i might end up with you know y number of points right yeah 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 absolutely yeah it, the dungeon games dungeon lords and dungeon pets those were those were the ones we we uh the, the same thing right you have you have the information you just and then you got to figure out the the path to it right uh and and 
this is kind of the nice thing with these games. You're unless you're like brilliant and can see these like your your Rain Man or something, right? Uh, <laughs> you're, you're never gonna always see the. Uh, excuse me, sorry. Always see the uh, the the best breakout of how to th- how to spend those uh, resources but yeah you know the odd time when you do find it and you you peg things off each other and you go wow what a what an excellent turn that was that was that yeah. worked out great your last your last turn uh when i looked up at the board and you took the income phase and your resources like shot up to to because you can have eight of each resource shot up towards that eight spot i was like Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I just hope I can get a big enough lead here because I know I'm not getting that resource generation. I hope I can have that lead to to like absorb that impact of the points that I know you're going to get on your turn, right? Yeah. Uh, and even after, you know, I went out first and this game is interesting because, you know, one player can go out before the other player does. You can advance into later uh, stages of your civilization uh, before the other player does. Uh, and I was always in, I, I took longer to go into, uh, to upgrade into later stages, which is kind of good in this game um, because that means you're getting more actions basically in, in those turns. Um, but then at the end we switched and you, you got all these resources and then I went out first and I counted up the points and I went, Oh, I got some decent points there. I think I just fell short. And then sure enough, you know, you finished out all the turns that you were doing and you're slowly catching up on the board, catching up, catching up, and then passed me by the 10 points, right? Yeah. So, so fascinating. Yeah. It's such a, it's a neat, very neat sort of uh, setup that way. Well, we both figured that the tracks you were taking gave you more resources and that played out in that. Yeah, you you didn't have to take those income turns as quickly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I I should explain this. I I mentioned you you play the game in four different eras and then the fifth era is just a scoring turn. So uh, your first turn is is what the game calls an income turn. So you're either taking an income turn or an advanced turn. So your income turn, you go through the steps and you, you, if your civilization has a special power uh, that, you know, triggers at the, at this step, it'll trigger. Otherwise, you know, you skip that. Then you play a tapestry card and we, we talked about what the tapestry cards do. Then you get to, uh, bring in your resources based on what you've uncovered on your income track or your resource track. And I talked about that. Uh, so then you can get extra resources from ma- taking actions on the board. And uh, once all of those resources run out, then you you know, you're taking your advanced turns to play your resources and advance along the track. Once those resources run out, you take your income turn again and you've moved into the next era of your civilization. And once you've done that four times, you're done. 
so again, you and I both saw, okay, there's more resources to be gained taking the exploration and military tracks. And that played out as like you said, you had more resources and we're getting more actions and not needing your income turn as fast. Whereas I like, yeah, it was, it was just four. my starting four resources. Boom. I was done. I was into the next uh, era and that happened every time. And I was going, yeah, he's totally got the resource advantage. But then I went heavy on building the buildings to, to get to uncover those spots on my income mat. And yes, yeah, somewhere during the game, the the number of resources I was pulling in off the income mat way outweighed the number of resources you were picking up on the track. And yeah, I think it, I think that was the difference, right? It it, it was neat. You, you're right. Um, when you got a lot of those buildings out right off the bat, it was like watching your resources fly up, and I was going, oh, because then I go into an income phase, and my resources really never went up to i don't think i ever got a single resource up to like four right the highest i got was like three of one resource and i was and i was like ah i'm really but what's interesting is yeah these they're these viable strategies were okay i'm not doing buildings but because i was doing conquests then i was now able to gain more resources during my turn rather than at the start of my turn, right? Yeah. So I I wish we almost kept track of like how many resources we 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 got throughout the game. Cause I bet it was probably fairly similar right up till the end, maybe the last turn. Uh and one of the things too is <clears throat> it, it's got this catch-up mechanic where if if somebody is getting more actions, they're taking longer in an era. So the other person uh, takes their income phase and progresses to the next era. They're the first one to do that. They get some free resources. The, f- the first time, uh, you know, first into the second era gets one free resource. First into the s- third era gets two. And first into the fourth era gets three ro- resources, right? I feel like... By the time we got to that fourth era, we were pretty neck and neck. Uh, Like you had caught up with the buildings and I was getting a decent amount during, during conquesting. Right. So when you got those three extra resources, had I got three extra resources that for that era, I feel like I maybe could have closed that gap of that 10 points. Right having said that i think part of the strategy and what i didn't see is that you know yeah it's beneficial to not right away uh take an income phase and go into the next era because you're uncovering stuff right Uh, and as you're uncovering uh buildings and and whatnot when you go into the income phase you get basically stuff for those uncovered I wonder if there was some point prior to you going out first in that in that era when I knew you were going to get a bunch of resources and you were going to get the three extra and and you were all and you we were in that contention there. I wonder if at some point I should have jumped ahead early and been like, right, hey, the stuff I can do that's that that I'm taking 
on my turns is not really going to give me any benefits for the next turn. So I can just save those actions till the next turn and then reap the rewards of the... And I thought about that this morning. I was like, you know, that's really interesting. It's it's one of those things I didn't think of during the game. But if we played again, I would definitely be paying attention to, okay, what can I do on the board here? And if does any of that set up my next turn? And if it does, then I want to do it this era. But if nothing sets up anything for next turn, I might as well take an income, save the resources I have, and then, you know, get the bonus, get the bonus resources. Yeah. Right. And then I can unlock those things later that I was going for. Right. So, yeah, I think they're just all these little intricate uh, pieces to this game that, that is very neat. Yeah. at, At its core, it's a very simple game. Yes. You pay yeah. a resource and you move and then you do the thing that it says to do. But there's just so many things that you can do and so many little pieces, like you said, and they all tie together that, yeah, you can develop these these different strategies. And I mean... In the rule book, it says a good score is in like the 300s, right? And we can't break, like, we can't break that. Like, we, yeah. And like, we played a good game and we were half of that score. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Good game to us maybe isn't a, you know, the right term, but yeah. But I I feel like, and, and I think as we've been talking, this is, this is what's clicked in my head here. This game is made up. And I and I think I think this is the key. This is what I'm this is where my I have trouble with that focus and need the notebook. It would seem this game is made up of all the small pieces. And when I think of size, it's a bunch of small pieces of the puzzle. And you're trying to f- use all these small pieces very um efficiently mm-hmm. and and managing those in an efficient manner at the right time is how you, you do well. Right. So I, I, I think about these tracks and even to the point, the tracks are so neat. So when you start a track, there's four tiers to each of these tracks. I already mentioned this, but you pay one of any resource in the first tier of the track, and then you can take the three actions, right? So you take the first action, pay resource, take the second pay resource, does the third, right? Uh, then depending on what track you're in for the tier two, you're going to pay any one resource plus one of a specific one. So if you're in the exploration, I believe you need to spend a food. Food is your specific one. So you spend your food and you spend one of anything else. Then you get into the third tier and it's two of any and a, and a third resource of the specific one so food in the case of the exploration one again right so it sticks to that theme of that one fourth tier drops back down to two resources but it's both of them are specific to food now mm-hmm. so that little difference there i i i feel like it's one of these things that is just like masterful game designer strokes on a game that 
little things like this that don't seem uh, like uh, like a big deal. I think this is where the brilliance of some of these game designers really shows up because I feel like that is, I feel like it's it's a much bigger thing than it seems. Yes, you're 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 doing two specific uh, uh, resources now, but you're you're less like you're you're only two resources now instead of mm-hmm. two randoms and a and a specific. And 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 as you're progressing down the track, it's better rewards as you go down, right? So those those last three are usually like these ultimate scoring kind of area, areas, right? Uh, and and uh, yeah, they're only costing you two specific resources. Fascinating. I, I yeah. love that aspect of the mind boggles me of, uh, of how designers come up with that kind of thought process for that. And and again, it encourages you to go around the other tracks because you get to like that the end of of the second tier, and you're like, okay, every move now costs three resources. So expensive. I could move three spots at the at the start of this other track. I've never I haven't done yet. Right? Yeah. Like that's a huge difference. And then even like, and then I could move one or two spots in the tier two section of it. It's going to cost me four resources, but you know, it's three resources. It's so expensive. Yeah. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and then games we played and, and it's like, Oh yeah, I just need that one more space. And I have the resource, but I don't have that specific resource or I have one, but not the two. Like you were saying, it's, it doesn't seem like that much extra or, or that big of a change. But then when you're playing it and you're in that situation, it's like, you're always one short and you're like (laughs) (laughs) one resource short of what I need to do. And that's brilliant. That's brilliant because good game design forces you to make decisions yes that absolutely yeah yeah so it's like and they might not be great decisions and but you have to make one and, and that's this is the thing with with these games like i the with the stonemeyer games when i look at it afterward i look at some of the other games we play and i go ah oh, if i had it done this differently i could have done much better right i, I can never peg what it is with the Stonemaier games like what should I have done sometimes yes but there's other if I've made a a, a large mistake or something right but this like last night's game I'm like I don't know what I would because it was so many small little things uh if I had done this I could have got that specific resource that I needed if I had a but but that was like four turns ago like how would I have known to to yeah. go to build that you know so all those small little one of the things you did last night you placed a building and I specifically remember you going well I don't it doesn't really matter where I put this building so I'll just put it here and then uh, two turns later you're like <laughs> Why did I put it there? If I had to put it beside this spot, like it, why would I do that? Right. Well, two yep. turns ago, it didn't matter, but this turn it does. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So little, little, little changes. Right. Yeah. Oh, component wise. What do you think of this one? Oh my God. So 
it's so brilliant. So you talk about the little details, right? So you've got your your sieve mat, your player board, or your resources or income mat. Can't remember what it's called. And then you've got your capital city mat, and they look great. But then they have like like the background is like an old school looking like topography map kind of thing. Yeah, and they yeah. all line up like the lines just of the background, right? They yeah, all line yeah. up. All the it's, islands in the topography. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just those little details. Um the the mats are all they're like a I think they are paper, but yeah, it's that linen finish. It's, it's yeah, it's it's yeah. almost like plasticky. There's the the quality is very high. I um, I, I got to say with the mats, I prefer like a cardboard player player uh board, but yeah. <sighs> That that's that's per- personal preference. These are great great quality, and the linen finish on them, uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then, so the artwork, the artwork I find like you're either you 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 probably either really like it or you don't really like it. Like it's it's a beautiful artwork in its own right. Um, but it is a unique style. Yeah, uh, I would say that. You know, again, some people might not like it, but it in its own right, it is is quite beautiful. But the piece de la res, res, how do you say it? I messed it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Piece de, de la res, resist, resistance? No, no res, anyway. Resistant. <laughs> <I know. laughs> the the icing on the cake. <laughs> nice the the landmark buildings yeah and even the actually before i get into that so so the sculpts in this game are by rom brown Mm. the the little outposts they got like you know they've got different textures on them so like the columns are wood and then they have brick sides oh but one of the side is like more of a a stone than a brick you know like yeah it's and the um all the little buildings they all have their own different models yeah right like just just fantastic and the plastic is high quality and uh the colors are great yeah yeah. And then the uh, the game comes with these they call they're called landmark buildings, and they're these m- bigger buildings to take up a bigger footprint. Uh, so when you're trying to fill up that capital cities map, it fills it up much quicker, right? Every building comes like pre-colored, like and there's multiple colors per sculpt. Yeah, and they're. It's it's like you're getting painted sculpts. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I can see how people might not like the specific colorings and what whatnot, but like I I have no problem with that. I think they look great. I think the idea that they come like pre-painted and they're not just like the gray plastic that's great. Like it saves you because how like we like we we play miniatures game. We got all these armies to paint. How how often do we get to paint our board game miniatures? Right, not often, right? So yeah, the fact that they come pre painted, like pre done, and they're nice looking, and the sculpts are great. Like f- fantastic, fantastic quality. 
they are all are all plastic so there's no wood components i know you know we we both enjoy the wooden components but for sure yeah they're uh yeah, I think they're, they're great. nice though. It's like nice plastic though too. Like there, there, there's other games I own that have the plastic ones, and you can you can get fancy with plastic too, and they they definitely do. Uh, yeah, maybe wood's like the pinnacle, but like th- these are nothing to. <sighs> you, you wouldn't get details like those buildings in, in a in a wooden wooden miniature, right? No, so that's that, right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I and then like box as well, box. Uh, is nice uh, everything fits i i think fits in there well as well um yeah and they on the side of the box there's a little picture of the plastic insert that shows you where all the buildings should be placed yeah i love that that's yeah yeah a lifesaver and <laughs> again sure, yeah. such a great little detail but yeah yeah like the uh, and the artwork on the front too i love the artwork on the front that big like tapestry banner on the front it yeah. looks cool, right? Like I, I, I got no complaints with components or artwork in this game. I, I, I love everything about it. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, oh. I think on that, like, I could probably go on more about the components and stuff, but I think we're uh, we're running a little long on this episode. Um, so I think maybe we'll wrap it up there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our social media feeds for images of the games we played this week, hobby progress, and more. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and review to help appease the almighty algorithm. If you'd like to support our show, you can buy us a coffee. Links on our website and in the episode description. Or just tell your friends about us and spread the good word. Tune in next week for more unscripted banter and deep dives into our favorite board games. Until then, gentle listeners, good gaming and good night. Good night, folks.